0: From hog to flaming success, stories, musings, and advice to help small businesses own their numbers. Are you looking to launch an online business or interested in increasing sales through your company website? Today, Microchili CEO and founder Sharon Crombie speaks with Alex Tempany, founder of her eponymous label Alex Tempany Jewelry, about some of the ways she has grown her e commerce business. Plus, Alex shares some of the learnings and challenges she has faced along the way. Tune in every second Wednesday for a business podcast done differently.
1: Hello and welcome to From Hot Mess to Flaming Success and I am super excited today to welcome Alex Tempany from Alex Tempany Jewelry. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sharon. Oh, so good. So Alex has built a successful e-commerce business. So, you know, this is a hot topic at the moment. So I am, like I said, so excited to speak to you about this and, you know, the start of the journey, etc. So on that basis, Alex, can you just tell me a little bit about your business and what you offer?
2: So the business, as you've mentioned, is jewellery. It's handcrafted premium jewellery, which is made here in both Melbourne and Sydney by myself and a small team. And the business was built around the premise of people living bravely and making decisions in their life that would improve it through bravery. And I had found that a lot of my jewellery signified quite meaningful moments or Not even um, big moments, just, you know, significant things. It it, it could have been something on travel or something to do with a human being. So that all came together quite naturally to evolve into the brand as what it is. So we do two sort of lines uh, within the business, one being bespoke, which is custom-made pieces for people one-on-one, and then a ready-to-wear collection, which is available online earrings and rings are definitely our most popular pieces and then necklaces anklets, etc as well
1: oh i love that do you know what i love most out of all of that is your reason why you started it for people living bravely i mean what an awesome incentive to start this and you know particularly for your customized range of jewelry and i've seen some of your jewelry it's the most beautiful pieces that i've ever seen so absolutely amazing alex i just totally love that was it because obviously you haven't always done this and you definitely weren't into jewelry making before you started it so what was it that inspired you to go out
2: on your own apart from that yes a newfound bravery um (laughs) it, it literally it literally started with bravery so um as you mentioned it's not what I've always done I had a corporate career in brand marketing and innovation which I absolutely loved I did A couple of things there. So I was employed full-time working in the wine space. So I managed a global wine brand, which was so much fun and a job that I really genuinely loved. And I also consulted in AFL uh, on the side, which was, again, heaps of fun and an experience that I got so much out of. That kind of grew organically but um, was probably my training wheels in having my own business doing doing that consulting at quite a young age yeah and then um suddenly sort of out of nowhere a little jewelry business began to grow so I've created gold and silver jewelry for over 12 years now and it started just basically selling off my body it would be you know at work people saying oh my god I love your earrings where are they from and you know it it literally did just go from there which was which was so much fun at the time
1: yeah absolutely and I mean how did you? find that, you know, because I can't imagine for one single second, you know, even if you wanted to veer off and do something totally different, how would you have even thought of, I know I'm going to make my own jewellery because it's, you know, it's such a, you know, even the stuff that you do is so clever. How did you realise that this was the angle that you wanted to take?
2: It does sound like a cliche, but I've made jewellery since I was a little child Get you out of bits of nothing yeah, in my dad's okay. garage. You know, I've I've got sitting on my desk a uh, wooden beads and a piece of leather, which I think Mum might have bought me, and you know that was that was the first necklace I ever made when I was little. Yeah. So it, it was just a little crafty thing that I enjoyed. I, I was always quite into craft. Don't laugh. Decoupage. I loved decoupage when I was a little kid. So that was just the thing that got me going. I yeah. wasn't I wasn't really into wasn't so much into music or anything else yeah. it was just yeah I just love craft and making stuff amazing
1: amazing that you've gone full circle you've done the corporate thing and then you've come back to what you know really was your hobby and passion as a little girl and now you've like turned this into this you know amazing business that you're creating and growing along the way so it's so good it, go- it goes to show that those dreams you've got as little girls you know d- Keep hold of them. I guess is is the message there.
2: Hundred percent. And it's, I didn't have a dream to become a jeweller by yeah. any means. I actually. So I studied a Bachelor of Business in Marketing. I, I wanted to stay working in the fashion space, which is what I did when when I was younger. Yeah. But the business side of it was always what got me going. I wasn't a creative person who was, you know, doing all arts at school. That wasn't me by any means. Yeah. I was so, sort of more maths and science side of it. And then I worked out very quickly that working in fashion um, can be exactly like the devil wears Prada. And I got out of it pretty damn quickly. So. Yeah, it um it did take me fifteen years to come back full circle. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, to do that, but yes, I had an amazing career in the interim, which has sort of served as the building blocks for for building a business. Absolutely,
1: especially the um, business qualifications that you've got. You know, to to have that foresight to to get those qualifications and to bring that full circle now in your business is must just help tremendously. So well done, Alex. So good. So why did you opt for an online model? I mean, I think it speaks for itself, you know, during COVID, but you had already gone down that
2: road before then. So I started this business quite suddenly. I'd actually scared myself out of starting the business because, I had complete analysis paralysis, you know, in, in my corporate um, In my corporate life. I spent months writing business plans with huge teams, you know, and, and just resources coming out every direction. And, you know, I used to lie awake at night thinking how many pairs of earrings do I have to sell to actually make money, yeah. let alone pay myself some money, yeah. you know, where do I source stuff from, you know, all these things going on in my head yeah. and I scared myself out of it. So, yeah, um I must premise this with the fact that it started very quickly. I just, I made a decision after a leadership gathering and off I went. So how that led to me being online, it was a natural evolution of um, of this little, you know, hobby yes. business that was existing, which was, you know, close friends and family asking me to create bespoke pieces for them, be it for a 30th or for a wedding, yeah. in addition to the stuff that i would be wearing daily to work like you know earrings bangles rings etc so i quickly put those two into their own little business models and the ready to wear stuff being online so the barriers to entry for opening an online store are extremely low anyone can do it for sure um i use shopify and can't speak more highly of it okay um it's basically templated ready to go for for anyone with zero tech skills like myself amazing to get that going with limited investment and resource yeah the barriers to entry there were a big thing um i didn't have the appetite nor funding to go down the retail path from day one Yeah. yeah it's a huge investment and it's a it's a huge arm to your business essentially to be operating in the retail space with a physical store.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And exactly like you said, I think, you know, to attract the same volume of customers in a retail store would be way harder anyway than, you know, visibility online with a much less overhead. You know, the fees that you pay Shopify are not going to be anywhere near the scale that you would need to have a bricks and mortar premises at the end of the day. So I think that was a super savvy model that you took even then.
2: Definitely. I mean, the rent that you paid to Shopify, so you You obviously pay fees and a percentage of sales etc to to use the software that you do but it's you know to your point that that doesn't equate to physical rent and having to have somebody manning that store absolutely um, electric and everything else yeah yep definitely rubbish bins so yes those two things are not comparable
1: yeah absolutely absolutely So what are some of the must-haves, Alex, you'd say when it comes to setting up and running an e-commerce business?
2: So I think, number one, get the best that you can afford to help you. Okay. So when I do say, you know, Shopify is a great option and, yes, it is, you know, the more expertise you have to get the, more, the most out of that is you know, always going to be yeah. of benefit for you. And look, I'm sure the other online platforms are equally of good. I just don't have experience with them. Okay. And and when I reference expertise, it's um if you think of it like walking into a retail store, the things that most of us would never think about, like how many steps are there to get into that store? Is that going to be welcoming people with prams? Yeah. Do people need to touch your product does all the branding match inside does it look cohesive yes. all those things your online store needs to do exactly wow i would never need to be seamless yes. which is which is a huge area of expertise which i did not have okay and you know over the years as my um my budgets have grown i've you know, invested with different people to really help me understand okay. how customers move through the journey of discovering your brand yeah. to actually getting to purchase. Yeah, wow. So the more that you can learn about that. The better. The better. So I would say that's that's definitely number one, yeah. um, get experts or, you know, just learn yourself. Yeah. I know there's never a, a huge pile of cash sitting there to to pay the For people sure. that you would love, yeah. but, you know, there are different ways to learn. And understanding your consumer as well. So I've done e-commerce courses and it's very different for those who are making their own candles versus selling a service versus selling dog food, you know, versus me who's selling a handmade pair of earrings, which is retailing for $300. You've got different needs of your consumer. Yeah. And, and what they need to know before they feel the trust that they can feel from an unknown brand to purchase online. Yeah, so
1: interesting. There's so there's so many things that you've got to take into consideration for this things that I wouldn't have even thought of. I mean I tried to sell on eBay once, so now I understand why I never sold on eBay. Because I literally just put crappy pictures out and hope for the best. Well the girl I was working with was making something like a thousand pound a week just on selling Trash, but she'd obviously worked out the positioning and what the buyers were after and all the rest of it so
2: i went through the same path with ebay (laughs) and i I thought yeah so that's why i have huge op shop bags that are like i should try and sell it but no yeah i'm not good at that either oh so it was ebay's fault not mine oh yeah 100 (laughs) percent. knew it (laughs)
1: love
2: it love
1: it So, what role? And we've touched upon this a tiny, tiny bit, but data. Yeah. What role does that play in things like the online user experience?
2: Huge, yeah. Ab- absolutely huge. But I'm going to caveat that with you have to pick and choose what's important. Yeah, so get it. yeah, there is knowing what are the. There are some fundamental metrics with e-commerce, for example, your conversion rate. So that's how many people come to your website versus how many people. Will pop out the bottom actually having bought something, yeah. And you know the golden number there is three percent. If you can get to three percent, so that's three people in every hundred. Wow. Okay. Um, and that's good. Yes. Oh. Yes. That is good. Okay. And I think even for um, for a more premium product like myself, if I ever got to three percent, I'd be damn happy. Okay. I think it's it's lower when your products are priced in the hundreds of dollars versus of you know, selling something like um, you know, washing powder or dog food which is Yeah, absolutely eight dollars and a relatively low risk purchase. Yeah. So there is data like that which you need to understand because there is no point investing in any part of your business, if your website's not converting, you know, why would you spend five grand on Facebook ads to send people to a website which yeah. isn't going to get you sales? Yeah, yet, for example. And does that so come again, Alex,
1: with getting expertise in to kind of have the two systems correlating and talking to each other, like your website? So you've you've got your Shopify set up and that's perfect, but I'm guessing that your website then needs to, you know, talk to that platform as
2: well yes and expertise not not from the technical perspective but it's about you knowing what's important and and what to put your time into and okay. you know photography is a huge one there yeah but you know you might think that's a bit of a nice to have and a frivolous thing to spend money on you know like if you think you're walking into a store yeah you can see touch and feel whatever it is that you're buying yeah. and your photograph needs to work that hard yeah for example, I did a course uh, with a fantastic company called Ecom Igniter, okay. uh, which was a really great hybrid for me, uh, being a complete non-techie, but also not having tens of thousands of dollars to spend for somebody to do my website for me. Yeah. So that was about me learning what are the fundamentals which, which really need to make a website tick. And, you know, since I've done that course, I've learned what to invest in and where to pull in the experts um, for for where they're really going to help me make a difference.
1: Amazing. Yeah, so much to learn. It's just not a case of, you know, uh, let's just get on with it and do it. So, you know, my favourite question, obviously, I'm a bookkeeper, accountant. So online payments, how do you manage that? Because obviously, you know, that's your first priority.
2: So... It's all done by the platform. Um, Amazing. I'm going to laugh. It's, it's, it's all automated. It's part of what you pay for okay. in that, you know, when, when we're all sitting there purchasing online off our phones or our computers, yeah. you get your options in terms of how you want to pay, and that's pretty much just something that is sitting there waiting for you to personalise as you go. So is it that you want to choose for people to use credit card Do you want to also implement something like Afterpay and then you've got your options like Google Pay or Apple Pay? For sure. They are like even I think in the very early days I got those going by myself. So that just makes it pretty damn idiot proof. So the money is held for... I think it's around 48 hours by by the platform and then it appears in your bank account minus the fees of the royalties that you pay for
1: sure so they're making it super easy for you at the end of the day so easy yeah amazing so good so i know there is going to be some challenges that you faced on your journey
2: (laughs) what are some of the key ones i think for me, it's been um, the multiple hats and, and the number of different directions yeah. that you get pulled. So I've been doing this now for three and a half years okay. and it's, um, a, you know, the first small business that I've ever run yeah. and learning how to, number one, get the business going, you know, physically make the jewellery, talk to people about it, tell people it exists. You know, obviously driving sales is always your your number one of thought course. that people don't come to you. Yeah. Um, people just don't flop to an online store. They are so easy to create these days. Yeah. The, the competition is huge. Yeah. So just learning where your time needs to go and prioritising your time is the most important asset that you've got in your business. Yeah. And there's always going to be a huge pull in between keeping the business running day to day and actually trying to grow the business whether that be you know seeking new opportunities and people to partner with or um you know for me it might be creating a new collection things like that and I am not effective and ruthless when it comes to managing my time it's never been one of my skills so I have had to be super hard on myself to learn you know what is it that I'm going to spend the next hour doing and is it really going to shift the dial or is it just desperately needing to be done like um you know the day-to-day tasks which your business can't run without i.e i'm running out of packaging i need to order some more yeah versus um you know what's the christmas collection going to look like you know very different tasks so attempting to be ruthless and the the other challenge would be knowing knowing and learning when to invest and when you can outsource so yeah in an ideal world um anything that can be done better by somebody else or can even be done by someone else for example you know is it uh packing orders or yeah updating basic stuff on your website if you can afford to pay somebody else to to do that yeah. and that's a practical thing to do your time is much better spent driving the engine of the business and helping it grow but you know you, your cash flow needs to support that too it's like of course you know, do you have a thousand dollars to spend on your website or you know is that worth eight hours it's going to take you to work out how to do it yourself for example absolutely so just outsourcing where you can yeah definitely and
1: it is like you said it's so hard isn't it to know where to focus your time and your investments and especially when you're first starting out and obviously cash being generated is nowhere near at the level that you need it to be that you can afford to have the team of experts that you so desperately need really that it it is hard you're making jewelry at the end of the day and to keep an eye on all of those other multiple things that you need to like packaging running out of packaging would be a nightmare that you've got this product ready to go and no packaging there in order to you know send it
2: out so you've just got to be across absolutely everything and that that is a challenge and I think obviously I hope to get to the point one day where um where I can have some amazing systems and processes yeah underway that make sure that 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 stuff is really automated but yeah that takes time as well developing those systems and processes absolutely absolutely oh my god whoever said you know
1: entrepreneurship and business life was glamorous was definitely lying (laughs) hell no (laughs) oh so funny so based on your own experiences what are some of the key things small business owners should avoid
2: doing i think mine mine are both around the the softer things okay. it's um it's been a huge personal journey for me in terms of backing myself to be able to do this yeah. um i jumped off this cliff and launched my own business and you know going it's all right i'd I know how I'm going to survive. I've got this to fall back on. I know I've got all the magical ingredients to make it work, but, um, you know, I I can't say I wake up with that bravery and guts every single day. I need to keep reminding myself all the time to back myself and that anything is possible with determination and and hard work and, and you know, that you really can get there if you want it badly enough and if you set yourself up for success. So... Not relying on the wrong people, I would say, is one of the, the huge things that I've learned yeah, yeah, and yeah. the people who love you the most and know you the best often aren't the ones who really understand the world that you're living yeah. in if you have yeah. decided to, to launch a small business. Yeah. You know, surround yourself with people who get you because they're the ones who are like, no, you've got this as opposed to... Yeah. Are you gonna have a salary next month? Yeah. Can you really afford to do yeah. that? Is that okay? Yeah. Are you gonna be alright? It's not what you need. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. it's definitely not what I need. I need um I need the practical advice and the tough love. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, someone giving me a lovely performance review, which is which is what I was accustomed to in corporate life. Yeah. That, you know, the support is built in very different ways and uh, you need to build it yourself. And the the other thing for me has been don't wait for anything because you cannot afford to be passive you just have to take steps you've got to try stuff like I can tell you I have spent thousands and thousands on Facebook ads over the years yeah and it took that experience and that trial and error to learn that that's not going to work for me um, at this stage of the business maybe it might be the right thing in in 12 months time but I had to try it to know that of course it was a very expensive lesson yeah but you know, that's what it took to do that. And that's just the cost of doing business. Absolutely. Quite simply, you know, and that's an extreme financial case in, in money that could have been better put elsewhere. However, it's, um, it's trial and error. Of course. like Someone's like, have you considered this? I'm like, no. And I'm like, actually, why not? Yeah. Why? Why haven't I? Yeah, Um, Just give it a go or at least spend 10 minutes thinking about it because, you know, everyone's like, why don't you do markets? I'm like, I don't like doing markets. Yes, but the premise behind doing things like markets is that people can see, touch, and feel your product. Which Absolutely. you know, if you're about to spend two hundred dollars on a pair of earrings, yeah. that's pretty damn important yeah. as opposed to seeing a picture online. So, whilst markets aren't the right thing for me personally yeah. and the right thing for my brand, yeah. there are other ways that I get out and and meet people through doing things like Fashion Week and collaborations, and you know, physically getting in front of people. So absolutely Actually just trying different stuff out
1: definitely I think that's a great way exactly like you said it's you know and I think markets are a great idea 100% I do but then you do have this brand that it doesn't necessarily suit so I think the the fashion shows and what have you that you can get out to are just perfect for you mm. and keeps you in
2: that loop I guess of the
1: environment that you've been so used to before you started this as well
2: 100% because um you know it is jewelry and it is yeah. fashion and it's not saving lives but it you know it does it does serve a purpose in its own way in, in, of in terms course. of being a creative outlet for people and yeah absolutely um, a way for people to tell their stories through pieces of jewelry which can't just be done through a website
1: yeah Absolutely. I love it, Alex. I just love what you're creating. So
2: where can people find you? So the website is www.alextempany.com. That's T-E-M-P-A-N-Y. And then also on Instagram, it's underscore Alex Tempany. And I do manage that myself. So if you jump into into the DMs with any questions, I will come back to you.
1: Amazing. We will definitely put those links up when we get the podcast out so that, you know, if anyone wants any of your beautiful jewelry and it really is then they know where to find you. Alex thank you so much for speaking to me today I really really appreciate your
0: time. Thank you Sharon. When we think insurance things like our car house and holidays come to mind but business yep, it's a thing and it's so important to be aware of what insurances you might need to have in place to protect your business and those you work with. So in our next episode, Sharon will be chatting about all things insurance for small business owners with Polina Kezov, one of the founding directors of Insurance Brokerage IA. The From Hot Mess to Flame and Success podcast features entrepreneurs who have successfully scaled, marketing experts who help you grow, and small business owners just like you, who talk candidly about their journeys, learnings, and struggles.